Filmed in THX. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> oh god, I think I might have the bumper. <laughs> Welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon. I'm Jack. And I'm Troy. With us for the first time. Yes, it's a new World One Stage One, new lineup, new format, new asshole. So what we're trying to say is, welcome to the last ever episode of World One Stage One. <laughs> I just got called an asshole. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to respond to that in seriousness. Don't respond. You're a trained oh. Kiwi. Yeah, ki- Kiwis aren't known for the noises they make. <laughs> what noise does a Kiwi bird make? Funnily enough, the noise is Kiwi. Yeah, kind of. They make a very high-pitched, keening, kiwi sound. Oh, That's why the Maori called them kiwi. Let's talk about some games or some shit. <laughs> oh yeah, that shit. That, that thing we do. I forgot about that. I thought we were changing this into a sort of uh, anthropological show about New Zealand. No. I thought we were turning this into an anthropological show about bugs in New Zealand. Arthur? Or an ornithological show about the birds of New Zealand. I, I hate you both. That's alright. <laughs> we, we love us. Somebody's got to. I'm just, I'm wondering what people are thinking, realising we're actually talking now for the first time in months, and we are talking utter shit and haven't even acknowledged the fact that we've been gone away. We've been away? You've been away. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Basically, (laughs) what we're trying to say here is we're back, we're going to try, really try this time, actually make an effort. Uh, But if you're wanting to hear... That review of Final Fantasy VII that we promised you oh so long ago. Here it is. It's bollocks. And the the nerd rage I just heard explode across the internet. The sound <laughs> of a million F5 keys being hit at once. And the suddenly Simon. Why would they refresh? Because they want to get rid of Simon. They want to refresh the page so they go back to the... I don't know how podcasts work. Why are you here? <laughs> I'm here to talk. You're here to... Buff up the numbers, aren't you? Yes. I'm here as a stooge from the executive board. You're, you're a replacement Harvey. <laughs> replacement Harvey? Yeah, we need you to go be sick in the corner. <laughs> Jack. What? You, you know how viewer numbers relate to a podcast, right? Yeah, we have none because it's an audio-only show. We've actually dropped in listeners from, what, three down to zero? <laughs> My mum will listen. Anyway. Yeah, games. Yes. They're pretty cool. So what are we here to talk about this week? Well... As you said, it is past Christmas. In yep. fact, New Year's is rapidly approaching. It's so tomorrow. New Year's yes. Eve is tomorrow. It's New Year's from when we're recording, it's tomorrow. Yes. Oh, yes, because... from when they're listening, it's probably happened, because there's no way I'm posting this before New Year's. Because it's Monday today. <gasps> oh. It's already January. We know that. Hello, the future. We mean you no harm. They might be listening to this in their flying cars. And everyone's got at least two ray guns. Yeah, it'll be 2010 by the time people are listening to this. Guys, if you develop time travel already, please bring me a fiver. <laughs> I know, because your future fivers won't backdate to my... Right, games. Come on. Games. 
but yes, we thought with the holidays rapidly coming to a close and a new year bringing, uh, bringing, a new year coming. <laughs> no, that's bad as well. <laughs> a new year rapidly approaching. Uh, that we'd talk about some of the notable points of gaming in the last year and some of the stuff slated for release in 2010. Sounds like a good idea. Iron Man 2. <laughs> that, that's a movie, Troy. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> we know it'll be a game. So, as always, I've got some notes. Have you? Yeah, it's on the screen. Oh, cool. I, I've upgraded to a paperless system. Uh, and as always, I've got nothing. Awesome. I've not prepared at all uh, to keep in with the uh, usual tactic. As you can see, some things haven't changed around here. And I'm here, and I, I didn't know there was supposed to be. I didn't know there was going to be a test. I didn't. I didn't study. I didn't revise. I literally turned up, sat in front of the thing, and went, "What are we talking about?" And was told, "Games." Okay, I played some of those. And this ignorance that I keep my co-hosts in is how I maintain my iron grip on the show schedule. <laughs> grip. grip. <laughs> uh, I love that. For some reason, we're going to have to be classified as mature content. When we are anything but. <laughs> let's keep trying to do this, shall let's we? Keep, let's... I want to know if any of my co-hosts have had a very video gamey Christmas. No. No. Cool. None, none of my friends no. make enough money. My parents live in another country. My parent lives in another country. Oh, the tragedy I've just unfolded. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any games for Christmas. It's kind of sad. Have you bought yourself any games from Steam? Has oh, they given yes. us the magical present of the Steam Christmas sale? Oh, God, yes, I Yes did. and no. Yes, I bought myself a game, but no, it doesn't count because it was The Witcher. That's not a game. That's true. Yeah. So you've had a, a fairly shitty Christmas. No, because I've been playing Sonic. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> well, the arcade, the arcade classics, yeah, so yeah. all the old awesome. Yeah. And, Troy, what have you given yourself uh, this year, I, apart from, you know... My my kind of catalogue of stuff I got from Steam really showcases the fact that I'm a, a weird gamer. Um, I got myself Flat Out, which is one of those kind of destruction derby-style racing games. A lot of fun. That was, like, under £2, so I couldn't not. I got uh, Cities XL, so, you know, SimCity 4 with a better interface. What else did I get? Oh, a couple of the Civilization... Civilization! See, I can say it normally. Uh, what else did I get? Audio Surf. I'm kind of late to that party, but that, that's a lot of fun. Enjoying that too. Yeah, I mean, I've been some, filling some gaps in my gaming repertoire as well. I just picked up Jade Empire because it was on the Daily Deal yesterday. What? I've not heard anything about it. What's, what's Jade Empire? It's the little-known Bioware RPG. So it's not Mass Effect? Or Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Or Dragon Age. I think it came in between Mass Effect and Knights of the Old Republic. Cool. It was certainly more sort of Knights of the Old Republic era than yeah. anything they've done lately. But yeah, I picked that up because it was two quid. And I was like, oh, Bioware, yeah. Uh, those yeah. guys. Two yeah, pounds. those guys that make good games. <laughs> Actually, it's been a very adventure game Christmas for me because I also picked up, of course, the LucasArts pack with mm. Dig, Loom, and the Indiana Jones adventures. Yay. So I'm very pleased about that. All of which I have bought before. <laughs> but... Yeah, this, this came up actually, um, talking to you know a friend of ours. Who um, I was asking him if he'd picked up any of these old LucasArts adventures, and he said, "Well, yeah, but only because they were such a good deal." I think Steam's really hit on the idea of giving back to people who've played these games twenty billion times ten years ago. Yeah, but give it them for the right price, and they'll buy it again. Well, these are the games that weren't available because they didn't have a shelf life in the shops anymore. I mean, the old Commander Keen games, the old Doom games, the old Heretic games. 
you know, games that are now archaic, even though they're actually still within a couple of decades, that shops aren't going to carry. Mm. There's no online retailer going to carry the discs either. They finally found a way to keep those sort of in copyright and in trade, but they're not taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, you can't charge full price for a game that's you know probably older than the Rugrat you've now got. <laughs> well, that's a terrifying thought. What? Listeners with children? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking as a parent. Children are terrifying. Uh, that is that, yeah. Right, next point. <laughs> Before we start getting into the... Steam the uh, sale, yeah. So Steam if, sale. By the time people are listening to this... Well, January 3rd is the end of the sale, so to be honest, it's probably over. Yeah. Yeah, but we're, we're, this, is, this is a podcast dealing with people who are clearly into games. If you don't know about the Steam sale, you're doing it wrong. The man has a point. Fair enough, we shall move on. That's that's Christmas dealt with. Oh yes, and I also got myself a new PlayStation 3 to replace my old dead one, which is actually a very big Christmas present to myself. Celebrity guest star, Hannibal Lecter. I liked the one where the man's face was eaten. What Sorry. the hell, man? <laughs> what the hell? Well, so, year in review. Moving rapidly on. Uh, well, there's nothing really in January that I noted as being... Worth talking about. I mean, as you were saying earlier, Troy, I think January is the hangover month. There's there's nothing. Well, nothing the else. Yeah, but it's all sales from stuff which has come out over the Christmas period. There's nothing to release in a January. Oh, rele- new releases? No, but if you want to pick yourself up a good game that we've mentioned that came out in 2009... Yeah, no, good call. January's the time to do it, so... Check your stores. Go to your, your game or your game station. Oh, or... check out the second hand bin. How many kids are showing up with games that they played like for 30 minutes and then went, oh, I don't want it, I'm going to go smoke weed. Or indeed games they were bought duplicates of by aunts, uncles, grandparents, whatever. Yep. And they want to smoke weed. Well, February is when it kind of got started as far as I, can, I am concerned. And you guys might agree because I don't think there's any point in pretending we're not geeks considering we're sitting around doing a podcast about video games. Surrounded by Akira posters and... and... Warhammer 40,000 miniatures and... Warhammer 40,000 is exactly what I was just going to come on to. Okay. Because it's something that all three of us enjoy, and in February, Dawn of War 2 was released. Was it that long ago? Yeah. I I was surprised too. I didn't realise. Wow. So it was getting the year off to a good start as far as I was concerned. I've got to admit, I didn't play it because my computer looks at these games and it, it just signed... Gives me a written affidavit saying I'm not allowed to touch it anymore. And and I have to say the same thing. Although, to be fair, I'm in a much worse position. My computer can't run Dawn of War 1. <laughs> so really, Simon, we're going to have to let you talk here and occasionally pipe in with, that's interesting. Oh my, yes. Well, the funny thing is I didn't play it for the longest time either. Because I've spent the year being poor. But yeah. I did pick it up in the Black Friday sale from Steam. God, Very we need them as a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, and Dawn of War 2, is, it is interesting in terms of a strategy game because it does away with base building. Which Thank was, God. Yeah, which was a very strong part of Dawn of War 1. And there is a time and a place for base building games. I don't think there's any one of us here that don't like Red Alert. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're yes. talking to the wrong crowd. But it's a, a small squad-based strategy game, much more narrative-driven than the original Dawn of War. And there's elements of kind of RPG style upgrading and, and that. Because it's a focus on very few, very small squads, what you have is um, five, I think, characters who are your squad leaders 
who can each be upgraded in the same way as your commander was in uh, the original Dawn of War Dark Crusade expansion oh. with war gear and abilities. You're just agreeing with him to take the piss now, aren't you? No, that actually sounds really interesting. I really wish my computer could play games that were, <laughs> you know, younger than something from 1995. And, yeah, there's restrictions on which each character can take. You know, there's the heavy weapons guy, Devastator, as we would uh, say. Who as take, we'd say it. Uh, but as a lot of non-40k fans, just heavy weapons guy, who can take... <laughs> I'm tempting him into the impersonation here. I know you are. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 Don't run. <laughs> No, because Dad just goes, Don't run! I'm full of chocolate! <laughs> Don't me run, Jinks! Oh, you're a pisser. Dawn of War's great. Yes. Dawn of War is great. Agreed. But yes, the heavy weapons guy can take the rocket launcher, and then there's the assault guy who can take a chainsword, whereas the others can't. And You end up building up a squad kind of the way you want, and can using the right characters for the way you play. Can I just point out, there is nothing that is not fucking awesome about a chainsaw on a stick. <laughs> Um, it's true. There is a lot that isn't awesome about the uh, squad leader of the scouts, though, in that game. Because whilst they say it's, you, you can take whatever squads you want to play the way you play, uh, everyone I know just leaves the scout guy at home because he's an annoying prick. I feel it's worth pointing out to those who might not be versed in the sort of Warhammer 40,000 mythos that scouts aren't the kind of ultimate badasses that you expect. They're not. In fact, they're called scouts. Think less like skulking around in the forest... Think more like making scout pledges and wearing handkerchiefs yeah. and collecting money for old people. When Your... I grow up, I'm going to be a space marine! Which is true in the case of scouts, but not the squad leader. Who is awesome. The trouble is, he does try and be the epic badass. He's gone off to join something called the Death Watch, which is like the special forces of all space marines who themselves are genetically engineered super soldiers. So it's the best of the best of the best. And don't he fucking know it. <laughs> Does he shut up about it, Simon? Does he hell? No, it's when the the Tyranids, the big gribbly monsters, turn up. And he's Hell's like, yeah. I've seen these before. Like, Have you? Yes. Gonna tell us anything useful? No. Well, that's fucking fabulous for you, then, isn't it? You're gonna be the world's smartest dead man. <laughs> in your memoirs, you're gonna be able to de- detail all the ways in which your mates died because you knew it was going to happen that way. And how was he taken out? By a lowly grot. I hope that's how it happened. Please, no more So there are storytelling elements left to be desired. Build it right up for you. Yes, Jack has <laughs> played Dawn Jack. of War. No, I haven't. I've just seen it being played. <laughs> that's a terrible thing. <clears throat> but it's... It's over there. <laughs> right. Anyway. <clears throat> Jack does one voice really well. <laughs> and he's going to take this opportunity because we're talking about Dawn of War. I never get a chance to. You do. You've just seized it, yeah, throttled it to death, and beaten its cold corpse into the floor. And now you know what I'm going to do with that corpse? Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you like uh, strategy gaming and and or certain types of RPG, mostly the hack and slash types, yeah, boy. You know, it's a highly recommended game. It combines the two genres. It does away with the base building element of RTS in the single player, but the multiplayer is much more traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I recommend it, especially if you liked Dawn of War 1, or indeed the Company of Heroes games. Which Same development team. Mm. And it's also a wonderful, wonderful gateway drug into the world of uh, Games Workshop. Which, you know, that will uh, bleed you dry. Yeah, so... give, give them your money. <laughs> Buy uh, nice things. Cynics. 
No, we're cynics, but buy we're no cynics, seriously. But we love. Spend your money. Buy nice things. That's what we do. Okay. Shall we? Uh, shall we venture on to the next topic? Yes. What is the next topic? Well, also in February. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Brewery. What? February. Oh, shut up. Was uh, <laughs> the open beta for Quake Live? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm, stare I'm seeing blank faces. Have neither of you encountered Quake Live? Whoosh. No. No. Ah. Well, it was uh, id Software took essentially Quake Three and made it more or less a browser game. Huh. What? Yeah. You go to the website. It installs the game on your computer. You play. Huh. You know what we do when we get home? Uh, sleeping. No. It's cross-platform compatible. PC, Mac, even Linux, I think. Wow. Mm. Okay, that's kind of cool. And yeah. I've been playing it all year and really enjoy it, and apparently you haven't. So this is proof that this is a good show to do, because there are people yeah. out there who don't even know about there, this There are shit. people in here that don't know about this. You, this <laughs> we are, like, if, if we were in a film, you know, we'd be the everyman that the writers love. Because now Simon gets all the exposition he wants. So if you enjoy shooters, it is, you know... And who doesn't? Lots of people. Jack Thompson. True. Jack Thompson certainly doesn't. Who doesn't enjoy Jack Thompson? Not enjoy- Wait, no, we all think he's great. We do, we, yeah. we miss him, kind of, a little bit. Yeah. Should have bought a reload. Its shooters are very pure, very stripped down, there's not a lot of faffing around with them, and Quake Live's a good example of that. I'm pretty sure I've spoken before on this show about how uh, Quake was a much faster, much purer, much more... Oh, yeah. ...competitive shooter. Cover is for queers. Reloading is for gay boys that want something to do between shooting people. Uh, And you can get that with Quake Live. Uh, I think they were smart. I'm not sure there's a market to sell that kind of game now, but there's certainly a market to put it out there to be played. Yeah. And I think they're... So that's a free download? Well, it's a free web game kind of... Yeah, it's a free download. It's free. Let's, it's free. Let's it's, go with that. It's it's free. Uh, it's... The open beta certainly is. Cool. Okay. I don't know if they're going to try for an ad-supported model or what, but go try it. Yeah, what have absolutely. you got to lose? Yeah, it sounds like the sort of thing that could possibly encourage browser gaming as an actual pure platform. That'd be really interesting to see. Oh, there's all sorts of weird stuff coming, uh, which we'll talk about later. But there's not a lot happens... From February on until summer, because summer is traditionally the gaming time of year. I found nothing in March, nothing in April. Really? Nothing? Nothing worth talking about. There was, you know, games here and there, sequels, whatever. God, what is, there, what is there that came out in those sort of months, the dry period, that we can just take the piss out of for a while? There is actually something not amazing but notable to talk about in March. I stand corrected. Halo Wars came out. Oh, okay. Halo branching out into a real-time strategy genre. All right, yeah. Uh, but I think the reason I skipped it is, have you played it? I haven't played it. Have you played it? No. Have I played it? No. Do we know anyone that has? Uh, actually, yeah, a friend of mine has played it. What did he think? Uh, he said it was okay, but, uh, despite Halo's, you know, the Bungie team's attempts at making RTS accessible on a console, he would still much rather a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. That's, That's pretty much the death knell of... The system. And I think that's why I left it out. No, None of us have played it, and the ultimate response is going to be RTS on a console doesn't work. It might do, but I've never seen it. I've never seen it. We'll revisit that topic later when we talk about Brutal Legend. Ah. And yeah. how, you know, the RTS elements of that on a console don't work. But yes, March, other than that, Major League Baseball. Great. 
Major League... Tom Clancy's Hawks. Oh, see, I played the demo of that. I played about, I don't know, three minutes of it, and it was just telling me... I have a hard time accepting a Tom Clancy game that doesn't have a main character with a voice like this, who speaks into his little microbead all the time and is in direct command. No, direct contact with American U.S. Forces Command, because he's the most important badass on the planet. And uh, that gravelly Your... voice leads me nicely on to Watchmen, The End is Nigh. Your End is Nigh. Which was terrible. Was it? I... I didn't hear. I was. I. I didn't play it because I was prepared for the movie tie-in game to be a piece of shit. Because it's a movie tie-in game of Mario anything. Power Tennis came out. Cool. I guess if you like tennis and Mario, you could play a worse game. So you can see why largely I kind of skimmed over March. Okay, April. I was born in April. Only good things happen in April. Actually, um, I've only just noticed March Empire Total War. See, I've never been. I, I kind of arrived late to the Total War Party, and I've never never really got into the series, but as I understand it, Empire Total War was a really good game. It added naval battles. Which is something I really, really wanted from Medieval. Um, it did less than the, less of, uh, the rest of the game, some people say. it's not. I'd still say Medieval 2. Much stronger experience. Okay. But the naval battles are awesome, and I like naval battles. Yeah, the same So yeah. for me, I was deeply satisfied to see that. Cool. Fair enough, yeah. And, of course, Napoleonic. Total War coming out. So that should be interesting. I'll just see quickly if there's anything else I forgot from March, because apparently there were gaps in my research. Scrabble, pro-evolution soccer. Scrabble. Scrabble released on a... (laughs) No, you've got to remember, right, that there was on PlayStation, it was one of the worst ever game tags ever was Monopoly. Yeah. For the PlayStation, because the game tag was, it's like Monopoly, but in 3D... Right. His response was, you know how human vision, right? Right. I'm following. Picks up right. three-dimensional objects, like the things you move around a Monopoly board. So yes, there oh. was a reason I skipped March, yeah. largely. And April doesn't look much better at first sight. I was released in April. <sighs> well, not this April. No, not, not 2000. <laughs> <laughs> what did come out in April? He just matured very quickly in a vat. The Chronicles of Riddick, Dark Athena... Hannah Montana, the movie tie-in game? How do you... How do... <laughs> what? What do you mean, what? I mean, re- what? How do you... You know, you understand how people like money, right? No, 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 because I'm, I'm... It's not the money. I totally understand the idea of shilling the Hannah Montana concept for as much as they can get. I'm just... I, I need to look that up. I am fascinated now by how the Hannah Montana game would work. It's, a, it? it's a rhythm game. It's a rhythm, so it's not a singing game. Stop your noise. I've forgotten there is something that totally needs mentioning from April. Uh, if I was to do an awards show, this would totally get the best title award Ooh. for a 2009 Ooh. release. Stalin vs. the Martians came out in April. Dude. How did I miss that one? <laughs> His tank is fight. I think I killed Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I like tanks that are fight. What could I say? Did anyone yeah. play Stalin vs. the Martians? No. Oh. I didn't even know about it until this exact minute. I know what we're going to do now. Look up porn. <laughs> and then find if Masturbate. it's on Steam. Oh, Steam. That, yeah. And there was a game out that one of us bought. Guitar Hero Metallica came out in April. Yeah. I'm still really? Looking. Yep. I'm st- oh, it did too. Yeah. Wow. To be fair, there's not a lot to say about it. If no. you like Guitar Hero, and if you like Metallica... Which 
I do. I do. Well, it was the first sign of a, a trend that occurred in 2009, which is both uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, the big rhythm game franchises, starting to horribly cash in on specific artists. Oh, yeah. Was that the start? I could have sworn there was one before that. Metallica was the first Metallica one. Was the first then you got band Rock Band titled. Beatles and... Uh, Guitar Hero has done other band packs since. Mm. See, Guitar Hero Metallica was actually a lot of fun, because obviously you've got all of the Metallica tracks, but the sort of songs that they like as well. So you've got some Bob Seger in there, some really old school stuff that you just... No, Metallica was the second one. Was it? Oh. Aerosmith. <gasps> yes! Aerosmith was well before okay, that. Okay, fair point, yeah. fair but point. Who cares? Yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, it is a trend. It's even uh, on the iPhone. There's a rhythm game called Tap Tap Revolution. Oh my awesome. god! And even that has started to do artist-specific licensed deals. Is there an app for that? Shut up. Is there a tap for that? Oh, you piss off! You say this, but it's on my list of notes. Major notable events in gaming 2009: release of the iPhone 3GS. I guess. As a handheld video gaming platform, there are more units of it in the wild than there are Nintendo DS's. I thought I thought I saw a gift basket from Apple in your hallway. <laughs> I thought I saw Steve Jobs' hand up your ass. <laughs> you can say what you want. It is a gaming platform and a successful yeah. one. Yeah. Makes a fuck ton of money for Apple. Mercilessly though I may take the piss. It makes if if the DS works. Why Why can the 3GS, why is the iPhone not a viable gaming platform? It's the same goddamn principle. It's a touchscreen. With the phone added. Well, I don't know. I think because they, There are more people with iPhones than there are DSs, but there are, you know, a DS is a dedicated It's a specific thing, which is platform. why I'm kind of liking, you know, the, I'm not any great fan of Apple and all that sort of, the, the cult of Apple, but I don't know, I've, I've got to kind of nod my head grudgingly towards the iPhone as I think... You know, the future toy. Mm. That that thing we were promised in the future that is our date book, our telephone, our gaming thing. It will control our house. It will make our food. It is it is the that's future you. toy. No, that's not me. I steal your food oh, and yeah. poop in your shower. It's not long ago, and I'm not the first person to say this, that um, geeks like me were carrying a palm-top computer, an MP3 player, and a phone, mm. each of which was by our own considered opinion, the best at what they did, because we were saying, oh, convergent devices don't work. You know, a, a phone that tries to combine all three doesn't work. It does everything badly. Mm -hmm. The iPhone is a convergence device, and it's bringing more and more into the one handheld. And the 3GS, the reason I've put that on specifically, is it's the one that came out with a faster processor, specifically as a gaming platform. Do you okay. like that? That makes sense, yeah. It's when Apple tried to really push it because they didn't expect it to be a gaming platform when they released the first one. But seeing how successful it was, they added a faster processor to the hardware and better graphics capabilities so that they could push it as a gaming platform. I think it's it's one of those kind of little exciting time to be alive devices. It is it is the future toy. It's that, that one do everything. And it brings us nicely into June, because that's when it was released. Oh, cool. <laughs> so it came up at the right time. What happened in May? Uh, well, we just covered that. Did we? Yes. I thought that was April we just did. No, okay. it was, like, May was an atrocity, nothing happened, it was a barren wasteland. X-Men Origins, the Wolverine tie-in. Oh. Seriously, that's like the best you're going to get. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. 
Wolverine tie-in, bub. <laughs> June, however, is when it starts getting interesting, because June is E3. Of course. So there was a lot of news at E3. Didn't, didn't 2009's E3 kind of move back to the old model a little bit? It was, uh, yeah, it started last year with the, the slide backwards. 2009 added a bit more of the glitz and glamour back, but it's still nowhere near what it was oh, a couple of years ago. Uh, however, it did have some very big, you know, high-budget press launches, and none more grandiose than the Project Natal showing. I'd like to go on record as saying that Project Natal scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I'd like to go on. I'd like to go on record as saying it's Project Natal. Yes, of course. Um, I do agree with you uh, because I do think that when people shell out four hundred quid on the Natal controller or whatever, and realise what they have to do to control a game with it, there will be a lot of people suffering from postnatal depression. Yes. <laughs> I say this very... <laughs> I don't care. I think if I go, it's Natalia, you, you, you've written natal, and you've just, you're just pronouncing it weird. But that's so a trend that... common in video games. It is. It is. Doesn't mean I'm going to take them seriously. <laughs> Good call. Well made. But it's, uh, it, it is a case in point. I saw a video today of some Muppet trying to control Half-Life 2 with an early rig of Project Natal. And... <laughs> you're still like, on purpose. I like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they look ridiculous. I... I'm not sure this is going to work for first-person shooters. Okay. But yeah, the, the Wiimote comes to mind. <laughs> well, I've say, I've never been a big fan of interfaces where you, you know, you put yourself in the game, the controller. PlayStation iToy. PlayStation 2 iToy. I remember being very bored of that very quickly. Yeah, it was a get it for Christmas, play it with your family that afternoon, put it in a box. Yeah, in fact, that's exactly what we did. (laughs) That's a common story told the world over. Yeah, I think Project Natal is going to be a 400 quid, maybe last twice as long, so two afternoons worth. You're playing with a robot boy. Yeah, I don't want to play with a robot boy. That scares me. I think what Project Natal is, is... Uh, using the gaming industry, which has always been shown to be full of consumers that will pay high prices for bleeding-edge technology, mm-hmm. to fund something they want to put into the desktop computer. Yeah. The way when you walk in front of Natal, it recognises you and signs you into your own account. Well, how perfect would that be on a desktop computer? You sit down, it recognises you and puts you into your profile. It's, honestly, I think it's a, a research and development loss leader. But what if someone came? Mm. What if someone like broke into my house and cut off my face and wore it? And you know, was running around in, in a jacket. In that suits. unlikely scenario, Jack. what if they took your face off? Yeah, like in that film, Face Off. God. Well, unlike in the film Face Off, someone cutting off your face and wearing it like a mask wouldn't cause them to lose seven inches and forty pounds of weight. Uh. So they still wouldn't look like you. Okay. They'd look like an idiot in a jack mask. Of course, it's terrifying, and I do see where the slight concern about Natal can come from. God, <laughs> troll harder, <laughs> would you, please? Should we just say, we don't, we honestly don't think it's called Project Natal. We know it's Project Natal, it's just for God's sake, guys. It natal. Is, it's Natal. <laughs> uh, for all that, the Milo tech demo is incredibly impressive. True. Impressive... But pointless. Oh, utterly. Tech demos usually are. Yeah. Totally creepifying. Yeah, utterly. I kind of like that. No. But try and think of it uh, as an application. Um, 
it is creepifying already, and they haven't tried to make it creepy. Survival horror. Interact with a character in Silent Hill. No, I hate all the characters in Silent Hill. I love Silent Hill, but all the characters annoy the shit out of me. Imagine yeah. sitting there and having a chat with someone in a survival horror game. Not text dialogue, but actually talking to them as they run around and panic. You suddenly just flipped me round on Project Natal. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I love Project Natal. No, because when can response... I buy one? Shut up. When can I buy one? <laughs> when can I buy one? When are they releasing Silent Hill for it? If, if you have to tell someone who's running around and freaking out what to do, your Project Natal experience of Silent Hill is going to be mostly shouting, STOP FREAKING OUT! What a stupid, stupid yeah, noise. With no. the control systems for the combat and Something Silent Hill. creepier. You know, a, a creepy conversation. Yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I want to see it implicated with, implicated, implemented with something like Heavy Rain. Mm. Um, where it's about character interaction. Mm. I, it could be something that opens up the doorway to a new type of game. Or it could be an eye toy. Yeah. It's hard to tell at this point. And I will say, much as I love the games... With Silent Hill, with the combat system in Silent Hill, I am mostly shouting at the screen, stop freaking out, anyway. Yeah. True, I've so, watched him. Yeah. <laughs> right. So is that is that Project Natal uh, put to rest? Yeah, um, the only thing left to say is, of course, that Sony came along with their motion controllers at the same show and were <laughs> summarily surpassed because what they had was, well, they looked like sort of play Batarangs. school my first drumsticks really <laughs> um, with red and blue glowy knobs on the end <laughs> a wizard staff has a knob on the end and we of course announced motion plus at around the same time which actually you can buy and works for a minute there i thought you meant we as in us, us three it's like we did not go to e3 or if we did i was very drunk <laughs> man we could have put on an awesome e3 roadshow but come come next sponsor year. our game what game are you making get troy drunk <laughs> I like that game. So, <laughs> out of the three of them, we're probably more interested in looking forward to Project Natale. Yeah, because the Motion Plus is there. We, we're already using it. We know what it does. Um, I like Natal. I like Natale. Sony looks like a complete and utter tragedy. But then, Sony always looks like a complete <laughs> and utter tragedy. But the sad thing is, it's probably a complete and utter tragedy that will sell really well. Because, yeah... Yeah, and Natal actually looks like it has the potential to be a success or a disaster, and either one should be fun to watch. <laughs> wow, it's like you can just imagine Milo walking into the gladiatorial arena, <laughs> going, "I am here to fight for my existence as a viable platform," <laughs> and then he what. gets shivved I'll by some eight foot tall burly fuck. Hopefully, by the time by the time it comes out, yep. which could be another. Like, what, decade or so. We'll be old. We'll be old and rich, or dead. So, you know, either way. <laughs> well, <laughs> in one direction, it doesn't matter. In the other one, I'm going to buy a product next time. I'm going I'm to make it my, my goal to freak Milo out and break his mind. He's, he's a robot, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to break him. But he, cut. No. Right. no. To break him, you get a screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's... Paradox, though. No, Jack. You can't... Oh. Jack, don't try and logic paradox a £400 toy. Moving on. Anyway. June also saw the announcement that ZeniMax, as a company, yep. uh, bought its software. Exciting. Uh, it's interesting because they already own Bethesda. Which is good. So now they own one of the big RPG makers and one of the big shooter makers. And they can start trading technology back and forth. And anyone who's seen 
uh, Id Tech 5, the Rage demo, mm-hmm. uh, and has played a Bethesda game, can put two and two together and get interested. Oh, yeah. Especially if you compare Rage, which looks like a, a post-apocalyptic wasteland roaming game with really cool vehicles, and Fallout 3, which is a really cool wasteland roaming game with cool story and character interaction, but no vehicles. I'm, Stop, I'm, man. You're just going in circles. I'm making a mime where I'm, I'm taking these two concepts and pressing them together into one beautiful whole. You look like you're banging coconuts. I... Clack, 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 clack. Here comes Simon's plot horse. I, I'm either combining the technologies of an id and Bethesda into a super game, or I'm doing horsey noises. Or both. Or both. I am bleeding. The, 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 the id Bethesda horse riding game. And you can download specific horse armor for it. Yes! <laughs> Sell me more crap. <laughs> <laughs> but now we come to a topic I think actually some of us are going to have an opinion on. Oh, oh my god. Don't count on it. The release of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters was Ghostbusters was a game that was always gonna be just absolutely picked apart by everybody. Ghostbusters was a game that someone here ordered from Canada because they didn't want to wait for the release date. Yeah. Okay. You have to understand, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was a game that was someone here ordered from Canada whilst he was unemployed and had no income. <laughs> right. I don't make excuses. Shortly after buying Guitar Hero Metallica. Okay, shut up. Let me let me with explain. the controller. Ghostbusters did not come out on the 360 in England until October, and fuck that noise. Yeah, no shit. So I went to a Canadian website. And said, hey guys, would you take my uh, British dollary dues and turn them into one of your fine Ghostbusters games? And they said, yes. So I got Ghostbusters like four months early. And it's still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just fun. There are so many things about that game which are right and good and proper. I don't think a one of us did not squee a little inside when they got to turn their proton pack on. <laughs> It was clearly made with love. That's what got yep. me about it. All the stuff that needed to be in there was right. The proton pack firing up, the trap. Oh, the trap. It's, it was all done with such love and such affection by the right team. Yep. Again, I'm going to have to take your guys' word for it, because as we all know, when I started playing that game, all I did was just park myself next to Annie Potts, and that was, that was my game experience for about eight hours. You mean Janine? Yeah. Yeah. You don't mean Annie Potts. No, he means any parts. Yeah, yeah, I know he's weird. Yeah, there, there was something in this game for everyone. I think is the lesson. Yeah, yeah. You, you had the, the noises. I had the. Oh uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of noises. <laughs> I had Janine, <laughs> and I had a, a something in between the two. You had noises from Janine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what patch did you get? <laughs> <laughs> but no, Ghost, Ghostbusters as a game was very cool because, you know, as a shooter. You can't you can't kind of classify it in any of the usual tropes. It's it's not really a shooter. It's not an RPG. It's just an excuse for the guys to get together and have a laugh and to kind of tie it in with what I can only assume will be the plot of Ghostbusters Three. Yeah, I mean certainly the franchising and bringing on rookies that will yeah. probably follow through. There's there's a tie uh, on. The only tragedy <laughs> follow through. The only we tragedy with one. this game was Sigourney Weaver. Not wanting to get involved because she didn't realise it was yeah. 
the old team, as it were. Yeah, it was official, official. And that by the time she did cotton onto that, it was too late to get her involved. And we had one of the Magic Three. Hmm? Uh, Alyssa Milano. Hmm. From Charmed. Oh, right, that thing. Who wasn't a bad replacement, but it wasn't quite the same. It wasn't Sigourney Weaver. But it was a damn good game. Made with love, really fun. Absolutely, and it had it had the right feel to it. Mm. I think the best description I read in any of the reviews at the time was that it was a survival comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely has elements of the survival horror genre, more so than shooter, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not scary. Oh God, it's no! Funny. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but you've got to think about spiders. I have got to think about spiders and women and spider women and oh, the music. Oh, uh, who, who, come on, listeners, who sat at the loading screen and, and just listened to the, to the music? Cause my hand has gone up. Oh yeah, yeah boy. <laughs> the, yes, the score was perfect. Yeah. But like I said, it was done by the right team. So that was inevitable. So Ghostbusters, yeah, we give a thumbs up. Moving swiftly on once more. I've got no notes here for July. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to that list I was looking at just now and find all the comedy reasons why July didn't make it onto my list. Okay, that sounds fair. Okay, reason one, you forgot. I did not forget. I'm not going to forget a month. You might have done. I mean, July. I may have Alzheimer's, but at least I don't have Alzheimer's. I didn't forget it, but I did overlook something. What's that? It's, uh, I don't know how I overlooked it, but Street Fighter 4. Was that this year? Yes, apparently. Oh. oh, the PC release. I think that's probably why I overlooked it, because it wasn't the original release. Right, okay. But it made it onto the PC, and it's the first time a Street Fighter game has come out on the PC rather than been emulated or you know, budgeted on. I or... think that's right. Did Street Fighter 3 come out on the PC? Uh, that was a while back. But anyway, um, it's a Street Fighter game. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, certainly not on the PC. I didn't play it on the PC, but Street Fighter game, I enjoyed it very much. And Troy is pulling a face. It's a Street Fighter game. It's the same game we've been paying for for the last 20 years. Yep, that's my opinion. I don't get on with fighters, really. It's it's button meshy. I, I mean, I, I, I understand that I'm basically describing every shooter. Oh, I crap. Blood what? Bowl. Blood Bowl came out in July? Blood Bowl came out in July. You forgot Blood Bowl? <laughs> Blood Bowl came out in July? Yeah, apparently. Wow. No way. It could be an um, international US release date. Wow. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl's on special on Steam. Guys. Oh, that's Blood Bowl PlayStation Portable. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ignore that. Ignore that. But Blood Bowl's awesome. Blood Bowl's oh, awesome. Go pick Blood it Bowl's up. Blood Bowl's one of my picks for Game of the Year. You see, I'm I'm now doing this thing where I'm seeing why I left July off. Yeah. Oh, the G-Force movie tie-in. That was July? It was a Garfield game. Did Bill Murray provide the voice again? I can only presume so. You know what I love? This, this Space is, Buster move? This is, this is a little bit of trivia for people who, you know, going back to Ghostbusters, who remembers the cartoon Real Ghostbusters? I was watching yeah. it the other day. Okay. Now, in that... What's his name? Peter Venkman is voiced by the actor Lorenzo Music. Now, eventually he was, he was re- you know, replaced um, because Bill Murray found out about this, this guy and he said, I don't like his voice. I don't like how he's playing Peter. 
largely ironic then that uh, Bill Murray does the voice of Garfield, who was the uh, voiced in the original cartoon by Lorenzo Music. Really, really, really. Wow. That just that just that just messed me up a little bit in my head. It's like you, you can't do that. And that's July. That's the most interesting thing we can tell you about July. Was that Peter Venkman was voiced by? <laughs> Peter Venkman was a cat, and a cat was also uh, whatever. A cat is fine too. <laughs> when busting ghosts. August, however. August saw a little game on um, Xbox Live Arcade that I really enjoy. Trials HD. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. And my twenty-first birthday. That wasn't a game I enjoyed. Yeah, no, oh. I, I, I didn't pick that up, actually. Oh. Oh, I mean, no. I saw it released, but admittedly it was one of those things I thought I was going to wait till other people had a go with first. And uh... <laughs> I've seen it in the bargain bin, and I'm thinking, you know, now it's so reduced, I might have a go, but oh. it still doesn't tempt me that much. Uh, however, Trials HD... <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> we love you too. Uh, Trials has been around for a while. Flash yep. game... Um, Kicking around on the web, but Trials HD just adds a level of polish to it and hands you a controller, which makes all the difference in the fucking world. And it's really, really fun, especially when you find out there are competitive leaderboards. And after you finish a circuit, uh, it gives you your friend's time. And That's cruel and unusual. Well, I'm perfectly happy with this because I'm usually at the top of the list. However, our mutual friend Mike. Winds him up something chronic that he's always about two <laughs> seconds behind my time. <laughs> I, I've I got to say, I've not played Trials, but I have watched Simon playing it. And it looks like just one of those incredibly simple premises that works on so many levels. And incredibly simple premise is exactly what it is. You are and a Trials biker. You are on a motorbike. Your control scheme consists entirely of accelerate, brake, lean forward, lean back. That's the whole game. But the environment is set up in such a way that timing and precision controls and doing the right thing at the right time all all tie in to make a very compelling game experience. And freaking sweet flips. And freaking sweet flips. Because what they've got is... Checkpoints that are close enough together that you don't get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then incredibly infuriating puzzles in between each one. So it's <laughs> bail comically painfully, restart, bail comically painfully, restart, repeat until successful. Sounds good. It's addictive. The first night I played it was around at a mate's place and we bought it and there was four of us and we just handed the controller person to person each time we cocked up. We made it through most of the game, but even we couldn't finish the extreme difficulty levels. And still to this day, I haven't finished one of them. Wow. They're fucking impossible. But easy to hard, I have. And we'll go back and do again to try and get Gold Star on them all. It's compelling gameplay. Mm. That if you have two, three minutes free, it's something you can throw on very quickly. Cool. Cool. On the other end of the spectrum, the same month saw Batman Arkham Asylum. (laughs) And it's another of those games I think we're all going to be able to say something about, because we all played this one. Oh, yeah. Expect to see this later when we give our wrap-up of the best games of the year. I think it's going to get a mention, isn't it? Oh, it'll it'll certainly... Maybe maybe like an honourable mention or something. Yeah, Yeah, like an honourable mention as the winner of the title of Best Game of 2009. (laughs) (laughs) No, Arkham Asylum just did so many things right... There's just, I mean, 
again, it's that situation where we're doing a podcast with people who play video games. There is, there's so much we could say. There's, there's so many ways where we could geek out and go, oh my god, this is what I loved about Arkham Asylum. So let's. Well, no, let's save that for a whole episode. Because, Ooh, come on. I like that thought, yeah. Everyone listening to this has probably played it and knows what we're talking about. Never, never assume that everyone who's listening has played it. True, because some people probably haven't played Scrabble. So, as Jack has... Was it Simon? One of you has pointed out, you know, let's leave that for another show. Mm. In the meantime, guys, do your research. Go pick up a copy of Arkham Asylum. Uh, pick up two. What, why? <laughs> well, because then Rocksteady will know that they made a really good game. And make an ill-advised sequel? Which they're doing already. Yeah. Make a very well-advised sequel. Although one thing I will mention quickly is I loved when it came out the way that Rocksteady dealt with piracy. It was ingenious. Yes. What was it? They put in deliberate glitches. They were just minor things that could seem like bugs uh, that kicked in specifically when the copy protection had been circumvented. Uh, such as the first time they tried to glide, they would find that Batman's cowl didn't open. <laughs> uh, the first time they really needed it to get out of a hole, they would find the grapnel didn't work. Awesome. So all of these things could seem like legitimate bugs, but as soon as someone goes on the forum and says, uh, I'm having this trouble, I'm still in the gargoyle, I press the glide button, and, and Batman don't do shit. They go, yeah, buy the game. <laughs> oh, wow. Which shows... Well trolled, Rocksteady. Well, it's a level of intelligence... Uh, in terms of how you deal with it. Yeah. And it's showing the trend, I think, that more and more developers are seeing piracy as a demo. Yeah. Sims 3 famously on disc didn't have half the content. As soon as you connect it to online, you download a whole new neighborhood, you download this, that, and the other. Mm. Uh, so if you've got a pirate copy, enjoy your demo. Enjoy your half the game we gave you. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect... Similarly, when it came out on PC, had a game-breaking flaw that if you pirated it, the game would work absolutely fine, with one exception. The galaxy map on board your ship wouldn't work. But that's something you don't even notice for the first hour of gameplay, because you can't access the galaxy map. Oh, that's that's cruel and unusual in Um, a really cool way. So enjoy your demo. Yeah. Uh, What's it called? Um, The Path. The Mm. the very... um, Was that out this year? I'll have to check. Please do check that when we go to the sort of edit thing, because, oh, man, I want to talk about that. Um, had the fact that if you pirated it, the character wouldn't... It would all almost be like in first person, which made navigating around a bitch, because you couldn't figure out where you were going, until I realised that you got the third person version when I bought it. I've seen a lot of screenshots of people going, this seems really good, but I don't know how to work it. Then I bought it and went, oh... Mine is different to theirs. They are all pirates. Um, but yes. Um, that's another another thing. I think I noticed a couple of people on the actual forum because the developers were posting on the forum saying, yeah, uh, this comes up a lot when people uh, don't buy the game. <laughs> <laughs> I saw similar comments on the Rocksteady forums. Yeah. When someone said, there seems to be a problem with the code. And the developer replied, yes, your moral code. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, Arkham Asylum is something to save for a show. It's it, the majority will have played it, I would also or at least ask, know of it. I would also like to ask that we could do the path for a show because I didn't get the chance to be the wise old sage for Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> I want to be the wise old sage for the path. Cool, do it. That cool. means I'll have to play it, which I'm not sure I'm entirely comfortable with. But um... cool, good, good. If you're comfortable with it, you're doing it wrong. 
But yeah, okay. Request noted. I think that would make a good show. Cool, okay. We should do some indie games. I think that's cool. But for now, we should talk about September. What happened in September? Well, as a notable event, not necessarily a great video game, it's probably not going to go down in the annals of history, but uh, Halo 3 ODST was released. Fair enough. It's definitely an event of the year. Do, do you mean Halo 3 Firefly Edition? Yes, with all the cast. <laughs> uh, well, it's Firefly meets Battlestar, isn't it? Ah. <laughs> I think what's really noticeable about Halo 3 ODST is we include it in this list as the shooter that generated... Uh, the second most hype of the year. It's the year that Halo 3 lost its crown, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also in September was Scribblenauts, which I mentioned mostly for inventiveness and cool idea, guys. Shame yeah. about the execution. Scribblenauts, very fun. It's a, it's a nifty little toy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, there's know. not a lot of game in there, but there is a lot of fun idea. Yeah. And it, if... if Scribbling and puzzle solving is your sort of thing, then scribble is okay. And as long as you for don't novelty mind. factor, hmm? for novelty factor, there's very little that can be. When you first pick up a game and go, oh, that's kind of cool, scribble has got that in spades. Yeah. Yeah. When you pick it up and go, wow, that's a really cool idea. To rapidly summarize for those who don't have access to a Nintendo DS, uh, scribble is a, a puzzle game where you can essentially write the name of whatever you want to summon into existence to solve the puzzle. So if there's an ice block in the way, you can summon a flamethrower. Or an ice pick. Or a sunny day. Uh, or an elephant. Yeah. Or Rick Astley. Or a jetpack. Or Morgan Freeman. Or Cthulhu. Or um, the Large Hadron Collider. Or God and an atheist simultaneously. Well, that was always funny. Yeah. And or summon Darwin and put him inside an Ed 209 suit from Robocop and have him fight a helicopter with a policeman inside. Technically possible. Uh, the The disappointment, though, I found was that there wasn't enough differentiation between things. Yeah. I disagree in one very important way. Cyborg, android, and robot all spawned different things. That is true, but no, that's not what I mean. I know. Because <laughs> uh, that's uh, they were the same. They just looked different. And that's my point. Ah. Uh, a pistol, shotgun, machine gun, rifle, all did the, exactly the same thing. There wasn't much differentiation. Just different words for the same thing. Okay. Exactly. And I would like to see something where, you know, you summon an iceberg and it's got different properties to a large rock. Because largely they just block things and take up space. Mm. Uh, something where there's a bit more of a physics engine, essentially. Yeah, Scribblenauts, the control did have you kind of jabbing at the screen like a spastic, yeah. hoping that your little dude wouldn't jump into the bee that you just tried to escape. <laughs> it is an awesome first game in the franchise yeah. that shows that there's an, an idea there that can be exploited to really good effect. Uh, but I'm hoping the sequel's better. Well, there's a sequel. Well, inevitably. Look at how well it sold. Uh, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Nintendo game, so... You're a Nintendo game. I'm, I'm really not. Okay. And on a personal note, September also saw the release of NHL 10. Ah, you... Because I've see, always enjoyed my hockey games. Yeah. I'm going to admit, I'll, I'm going to stick up here. I really enjoyed when I played NHL 10. I wouldn't... Actually, to be fair, if I had, like, the excess money just burning in my pocket, I'd go and pick up a copy, because it was that much fun. Okay. I know shit all about hockey, but it was really kind of just guiding me through it, and the whole uh, career mode, which takes you as one guy... 
rather than playing the whole team like you normally would in these sorts of simulation games. Which is new this year. Yeah, and was really fun. Because you just you just develop this whole kind of mentality of, you know, you go to play as a team. You do kind of slip into the role of the wonder kid. Who, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, yours is the best of, of skaters and shooters and what have you. Yeah, but that's you playing your fantasy career. Yeah. You know, who would want to play the average grinder on the team? You, you want to play the star. And you play the star. But, but if you don't play as a team, you, it, it was a really good gaming experience. I enjoyed the, the what was there, like four or five hours we played? Yeah. And I found there was a real an- unanticipated delight in the whole new beer pro mode, which, as you said, is where you take on your character as a single individual and play through their mm-hmm. career rather than playing your team. Because, I mean, I've always been a New York Rangers fan as long as I've loved hockey. So when I was able to choose which... Um, AHL team I joined I joined the Hartford Wolf Pack because that's the farm team for the New York Rangers hoping I'd get called up to my favourite team and I was traded to Boston Ah, uh, so <laughs> I'm not playing for the team I would have chosen but oddly it's given me this real sense of a grudge I will not let Boston lose to New York because god damn them they need to learn <laughs> this is what you could have had. Yeah, it could it's... have been something beautiful. <laughs> so my love for New York and the games taking that away from me has turned it into the hockey equivalent of trading Babe Ruth. You know, you, you had the great one. It's uh, trading Gretzky. Yeah. Because you play the star. You know, my statistics are stupidly high. They are unrealistically high for even Wayne Gretzky at this point in the game. Uh, they traded the great one, and I'm enjoying that element of the career mode. <laughs> Basically, being bitter. So, yeah, your your spite is giving you a new level of gaming enjoyment from NHL 10. Which I never expected <laughs> to be something that a game could exploit to such profitable um, that ends. Is, that is wonderful. <laughs> but as hockey fans who might be listening to this will know, Canadian teams are better. You shut your noise. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> but I stand by my comment. I don't know. I watched an absolute murder when Simon was playing. <laughs> Who was it? The uh, the Canucks? I think it was the Canucks, yeah. It was the Canucks versus the Boston Bruins. My good God. Oh, was that like the 15-0 game? Was, no, no, they scored. Oh, yeah, they did, they, didn't they? They did. They scored. They got on the, they got on the board. 15 Yeah, like where, where scores are normally measured in sort of football-like increments of, oh, the game was 3-1. Oh, that was, that was outrageous. You know, for a rugby fan, that's... What did you do? Kick it, you know. <laughs> but seeing fifteen nil, yeah, you are the wonder kid. Cool. It was just offensive. I was scoring hat tricks within five minutes. It was preposterous. I, I will say, not every game was that easy. Uh, and oh yeah. In general, the difficulty curve is a little higher on this one than it has been in past NHL games, which I appreciate. Uh, but that was a ridiculous drubbing. <laughs> but yeah, even even from someone who comes. Out of, out of the perspective, you know, I, I don't play hockey, I don't follow hockey. I really enjoyed that game. If it's your sort of thing, then I would thoroughly suggest going and picking it up. And it's one of the few things we can forgive EA for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true story. Like, I'm sure there were other EA sports games that came out this year, but they're not on the list. That makes sense, yeah. However, October is on the list uh, with the release of uh, Brutal Legend. Ah, right. Uh, which is a Jack Black video game. Um... Right. Yes, I know. Uh, I I don't own it, and I know neither of you own it. This is true. Uh, but 
I'm bringing it up because it was uh, scripted by Tim Schafer. Who is a living god. Mm-hmm. Uh, known for his plotting on such games as Psychonauts and, uh, indeed, early LucasArts works. Yeah, So boy. he is a great video game writer, and this is his kind of return from the wilderness, I think. Because he's been away for a while. A little while. And Did he go crazy? I don't think he have went you, crazy. Have, have you think... played Psychonauts? <laughs> okay, so he, he does... Okay. He does crazy very well. Uh, but Brutal Legend, despite not being any of our sort of thing, was hugely successful. Because it was a combination of Tim Schafer's writing, Jack Black, who some people appreciate. I think that's probably why none of us played Brutal Legend. There's so. a frosty element to this room right yeah, now, isn't right. there? i, I got to admit, if Jack Black would just appear in more roles like he did in King Kong, where he actually got to act and didn't suck at it, act a little bit. I, well, Simon's is, giving me a look. Uh, Brutal Legend is Jack Black playing Jack Black in a, a suitable setting. Yeah, but every film is Jack Black playing Jack Black. No, but not in a suitable setting. True. In this, it's Brutal Legend with an umlaut over the U, because it is a parody of heavy metal. Oh, yeah. Jack Black is a roadie. Oh, God. We're all going to die. He's a metal fan and a roadie. I mean, that actually does suit Jack Black's character. Um, Who is also, as far as I can tell from the promotional material, a Viking... Or at least has Viking-like tendencies. So, like you, Simon? No. With, I am not your, a Viking. With your many Nordic qualities. Am I being muted? It, it, no. <laughs> it, is, it is well known that I am not a Viking. It's, it's not, not a, well known. In fact, I, I'm thinking of investing in a t-shirt that reads, Not a Viking. <gasps> he thinks the Viking doth protest too much. I need to get the same one. This is not a Welshman. <laughs> but you are a Welshman. And you're a Viking. I'm so not a fits. Viking. Uh, however, Brutal Legend, very successful, apart from the fact that it was a bit short and it relied on real-time strategy elements on a console. So, which is never what you want to fall back on. Yeah, uh, it's come up before in this list, Halo Wars. We know it doesn't work. Stop doing it. Yeah, you can't revolution. We're going to revolutionise the control system so that it works on a console. No, you've just made an RTS harder to control. And also in October came the Japanesest game since Devil May Cry 4. Oh, fuck this noise. Bayonetta. Was that... I thought that wasn't out yet. I'm really no, confused by this. They're still desperately pushing it. Oh, okay. Bayon- right, um, well, it's listed as an October release. Bayonetta it's, makes it's me angry. It's out or it's Im- imminently out. Let's talk about it. Because yeah. Troy has a wonderful comment about the glasses. Right. <laughs> everything, everything... As Simon has pointed out, it is the Japanesest game ever. And that you are playing... Oh, I, there's just no way to describe her. She is bondage... fetish bondage. gun mistress was quite fetish a good description. Fetish gun mistress. Uh, yeah, that works. She's wearing a skin-tight leather cat suit. That is actually her hair. That is actually... Yeah, her hair. Her hair is fashioned in such a way that it looks like she's... Oh, I don't know. Like, from... She's very Japanese. And to top it all off, okay, just just so that you you, you thought maybe the kind of fetish gear couldn't get any further she has a little pair of black rimmed glasses which the comment earlier was you know if you need something to aim for for the Bukaki fans to also enjoy this chick's outfit there it is and I have to admit I completely lost it when I first heard that because I hadn't thought of that in the glasses but then as soon as you said it I thought oh Christ he's right it's that's the only explicable reason for them to be there. You're right. A character like that should wear contacts. A character like... Like, she is ultimate badass gun mistress. She fights angels and demons with the guns on her ankles. 
this, this game makes me angry. But why has she... Oh, I've got poor eyesight. No! That's terrible writing. You're the daughter of, like, God Gun Sorceress Queen, or whatever the fuck she was. And you've got glasses? No! You're just a fucking fetish toy with two controllers and bumpers that control your nipple shotguns or whatever the shit you collect rings it's like Sonic the Hedgehog in a gimp suit <laughs> fucking hate everything I've seen about Bayonetta just makes me rage at it it is without it I, devil may cry what was wrong with that game devil may cry looks sensible she's got guns on her ankles you have a killer move where you stomp on people from a giant version of your foot that appears from like a Nightcrawler-esque portal in the sky! Your giant foot goes bamf and stomps things! You have torture attacks! You put you put angels into into guillotines and you spank them! Why is she wearing glasses? Bayonetta, released in October. <laughs> Buy it and kill baby Jesus. <laughs> God, I knew there was a reason I put that on the list. Yeah. <laughs> wow. However, it is really fun, isn't it? Ah. I do want to play it. At least play, play the demo. Yeah, play the demo. I, I didn't even play honestly, it. you'll get everything you need out of that. you got to remember, for all the much it failed, I did enjoy the Devil May Cry games. You did. You are a bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> Shall, shall we, I do enjoy. Shall we move rapidly I on? Say, I do enjoy absolutely ridiculous shit. Bayonetta is absolutely ridiculous shit. But I think it is now time to move on because November is actually where most of this list is. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's Christmas releases. Yeah, it is the run-up to the Christmas period. So, I mean, without saying a lot about it, you've got games like Assassin's Creed Two coming out, which improves a lot on the original, which was already a great game. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a bit Marmite, actually. I really liked it. I loved it. I loved Assassin's Creed. But there is a lot of dissenting opinion. However, Assassin's Creed 2 deals with a lot of what those dissenting opinions hated. Yep. Uh, and you've also got, like, Left 4 Dead 2 coming up. Again, love it or hate it for the franchise, but Left 4 Dead 2 did a lot to improve on the game. We need to stop doing about PC games so that I can actually, like, you know play the games that we're reviewing <laughs> and things like that, because I, I haven't even played Left 4 Dead 1, it won't run on my laptop. Alright, here's a console game for you. Of course, the new Super Mario Bros. for the Wii came out in November. Four on player a console multiplayer. that I can take seriously. Although, actually, something interesting I'm noting there, Left 4 Dead 2, four-player co-op. Mario, four-player co-op. In both games, the other people around you are more annoying than helpful. You also, in November, had games that are maybe worth spending a little bit more time talking about, such as Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which I is... very much enjoyed Mass Effect. You know my, my opinion on this. Uh... Yeah. Well, yeah. What I was going to say <coughs> is it's Bioware's... Um, is it Return, or is it... I, I, have they done a fantasy, a true fantasy game before? Jade Empire was more depends. fantasy than anything else I'd say you know, have Bioware done a true fantasy game yeah, it depends yeah it depends on your view of the Star Wars <laughs> that's universe. science fantasy it's yeah. not pure fantasy this is true elves dwarves it's, it's high fantasy. magic it's, high it's, fantasy it's high fantasy and it's unashamedly high fantasy yeah and it's I think it is Bioware's first high fantasy game and like Mass Effect you're right to draw the comparison they've done world building they've created a coherent universe yeah 
uh, they haven't just ripped off someone else wholesale. There's a lot. It's fantasy. True, There's a but, lot you will take. But with Mass Effect, all of the races in it were incredibly, um, I th- at least I thought, incredibly original. The you say elk, that, but again, the there, are, there are elements that are inevitably going to get drawn. You've got the angry warrior race who are dying. And True. You've got the smarty scientist race who never fight anything and run away whenever they get the chance. And then you've got the slightly sly, slightly superior, can you trust them, can you not race. But if you look at the... the... Are they the queens of space whores? No, the um... no. I'm talking about the Turians. Uh, so there are definitely elements you take. Um... But I mean, like the, the the minor races, like the Elcor and the um, the Hanar. Yeah, but then you also have like the Volos, the little comedy guys in the uh, encounter suits. They're f- quite familiar. It depends how much sci-fi you read. That's uh, true. But again, they are both very original universes. There's an in- inevitable cross-reference with pre-existing true. work. But, but I, I do have a very hard time describing Dragon Age as original. In I know there are points where it can be, you know, the world building mm. and that sort of stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. The, the universe is original. Yeah. What they've done is they've created themselves a world in which they can tell many stories other than this one. Yeah. Mm. And that, I think, is the exciting thing. Is uh, It means, by the way, I want to do more high fantasy games. See, admittedly, because I've not finished Dragon Age yet, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's one of those oh, games. I am enjoying it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And but I'm thing, enjoying it, and I hate high fantasy. The thing I'm taking away most from Dragon Age, and this is this is not to do it a disservice, because like I said, I am enjoying the game, but it gives me it gives me even more excitement about Mass Effect 2. Oh yeah. That is Without that is what yeah. Dragon Age is doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Uh it shows it reminds you what Bioware can do. Yeah. Lovely game, but give me a gun. Yes. And Speaking of guns. Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> yeah, you've preempted me. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of these games where you again, it's Marmite at the moment. Yeah. It really is. Because I remember the comments being made of oh Call of Duty 4, you know, very realistic, very kind of gritty. And Modern Warfare 2, not you, to give away the plot, has well, kind of Before you high... go on, Modern Warfare yep. really surprised me with storytelling elements like the nuke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a spoiler now that the sequel is out. Uh, the nuke, the um, gunship controls. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to me, was one of the most disturbing and immersive parts in a shooter. Because the monitor you're looking at is essentially the monitor that a true gunship operator looks at. Yeah. You are actually in their skin at that moment. So, Modern Warfare actually brought this weird impact of modern conflict to you. Mm-hmm. Turning up at the TV station and putting hip hop in on the Arab broadcasting—it <laughs> struck me as a real critique of what is happening in the world. Yeah. Then there's Modern Warfare Two, which is Red Dawn. Yeah, Modern Warfare Two, which uh, <laughs> I would describe as high fantasy modern combat. Um, <laughs> Jet ski. I've got. I've got to admit, as as because the plot is convoluted in a way that even. Well, they've got Hans Zimmer doing the score, so I think that kind of some. I love <laughs> Hans Zimmer's work, oh, but yeah, he makes absolutely. This, it's the same damn tune every time. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean is the Rock is Crimson Tide. Absolutely, okay, yeah. and that's exactly what you've got in the plot. It's just unnecessarily twisted, but it's fun. If you're the gamer who's going to look at Modern Warfare Two and go. Well, where are my totally immersive cover elements? And oh, I've, I'm I'm missing out because I actually really enjoyed being able to 
pick my nose and eat chocolates while I had time to reload. It, come on. It's dumb fun. I don't think that the guys in Infinity Ward were going for anything other than dumb fun. Um, and of course, Modern Warfare 2 is also famous for being quite buggy. I don't know. I, you know, I didn't The really javelin bug. Ah, oh, multiplayer. There yes. we go. Okay. <laughs> no, sing, can I, I just want to comment on single player, yeah. going back to the whole kind of dumb, dumb fun. Well, I think yeah. as the one of us here who's played it, you probably should. Yeah, Two of us. Yeah, well, uh, you oh, did you watched play me through? play almost and, the whole way I've, through. I've now completed it as well. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Cool, cool. Completed it in a but day. It was, yeah, that's another thing about single player. <laughs> but the, the, the single player was big, dumb fun, but it had this, this weird feel of Hollywood movie, obviously. But there were so many cool set pieces. I mean, a lot of people hated them and turned their nose up, but I liked the snowmobile chase. In the same way, we like the the old Bond films. For their, their it, that is silliness. it. Oh, that is it. That's yeah. a great comparison. It is it is the Bond shooter at the moment. Like, hang on, you, you, didn't, you didn't see the Bond element in going down a mountain on a jet ski shooting at Russians. I was expecting Roach to unfurl a Union Jack parachute. Because that is the Bond moment. And then just go... Admittedly, I was shooting Russians at the time. I didn't have time to reflect on other influences. (laughs) Although, the fight in the gulag through the the shower block, scored by Hans Zimmer. The Rock. I've seen this film. I know how it ends. Oh shit, oh shit, don't shoot me. I liked that little bit of immersiveness. Yeah. It was clearly doing that on purpose. But yeah, Modern Warfare 2, good dumb fun. And the multiplayer, though buggy, is good fun. It's immensely popular. Immensely popular and lots of fun. It's for a good one reason. of those things, you can't play Modern Warfare multiplayer anymore because there are no opponents. Because they're all playing Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. yeah. You can't play Left 4 Dead because no, every fucker's playing Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that has dragged people along. And with good reason. But on the whole, after after November, Christmas happened. Yep. And no more games came out. <laughs> so that's more or less. I mean, that's what I, looking over the year, saw as just bing bing the high points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything you think I've forgotten? You brought up The Path. The Path, yes. Back, back in March, uh, going back to it, which is a game that probably passed a lot of people by. Certainly um, did me until you talked about oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, to I, I always forget. I believe they're Belgian. Um, Tale of Tales could be wrong. Could be Dutch. Um, and it's a very painfully indie game. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's art house gaming. Oh, absolutely. In the sense that it is made by designers, not by not by developers, not by game programmers, things like that. Made by designers. So it is buggy. It is glitchy. It is. A little bit broken in places. However, <laughs> the sheer beauty of it, the the absolute the, the sense of atmosphere you get whilst playing it, makes up for that and then some. It's my pick for the best game of two thousand and nine, and it is um, pretty much unique uh, in being a proper psychological horror game. Isn't oh, it, it? It, it, it! I think the the exact psychological term is it will shit you up. <laughs> okay, that's very specific. Yeah. I, we, we shall cover it more on a dedicated episode. I would love to do a dedicated episode. It's, uh, what fascinates me about it is the horror doesn't come from the same place as survival horror. No. The it's... imminent threat of death for your character. Because that's the 
the goal, essentially, for, mm. for um, the path. Yes, and whilst that is adrenaline-raising in survival horror, it's always the death of your character that bothers you, not your own death. Yeah. Whereas the path shows you things that get into your own psyche. Absolutely, you're a much more vulnerable character. Uh, character. It's why I can watch, you know, certain horror-type movies that are all about shock and splatter. Mm-hmm. But it's the the creepy ones that get in your head yeah. I can't deal with. This could be you. Which is why I'm not, look, not looking forward to playing the path. I, I'd love to see... <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably in the Steam sale. It could well Ste- be, It's yeah. on Steam. And they do have a thing about indie games being on sale in the sale. Yeah, I would love for a couple of people who are listening to us go out, download it, play it. I will freely admit it's not going to be for everyone. Oh, God, no. It's... It, a lot of people see it as massively pretentious. They won't see the point. They will. It'll. They'll find it boring. But if any of the things such as psychological horror game, art house game, any of these terms apply to you, it's Absolutely. it's well worth looking. I mean, at. as as a fan of psychological horror, I think it's probably the most exciting game of the year, the best game of the year, the most ex- the most well received. I've gone back and played it so many times. Hmm. And just listening to you, I've realised I forgot something I wanted to say myself, oh, yeah, sure. which is uh, Cannabolt. Uh, which came out on the iPhone and is also a web game. Still games. Again, it's very artistic, very bizarre and not conventional. Okay. Uh, it is the most enjoyable game you can play that has one-button controls. Very simply, you play a guy who is running. And you start off running in a corridor in a skyscraper. And when you press the space bar or tap the screen of the iPhone, your one button, you jump. The longer you are running, the more momentum you build up and you can jump further. Yeah. And you jump from rooftop to rooftop. And sometimes you have to time it to jump upward and smash through a glass plate or jump over an office chair that's been left strewn along in a corridor. It's a chase. You don't know what's chasing you. That never comes up. The game is very minimalist. But there's cool music. Weird. It's very 8-bit in its graphics. Very pixelated. Yeah. But in the background you see, you know, big war walkers tromping through this town. It's obviously some sort of sci-fi invasion scenario. Wow. Mm. Okay. And it's just one of these games that is about perfect reactions. It's um, you press space to jump at the right time. That's all you do. And how far can you get until you either get it wrong, fall down a space between buildings, or run flat into a wall or whatever? And you know you you fail, and there's that retry button, and it doesn't last long. <laughs> so you think one more go, one more go, one more go. And it can suck you in for for so long. The music is incredible. The graphics, while simple, are perfect to convey the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it's just massively compelling and free. So it's a free free. web game. Uh, So go look up Cannabolt and have a go. It's great fun. Is there anything you wanted to add, Troy? What, for 2009? Yep. Um, You know... You mentioned Blood Bowl as one of your ideas for yeah. kind of game of the year, but there are as much as I enjoy it, there are a lot of there are just things wrong with oh, the game in such absolutely. a way that it's like yeah, I I couldn't seriously take it that way. I still thoroughly recommend it though. If I was going to look at any one game in two thousand nine that I just think a wide variety of people should pick up, it is Arkham Asylum. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. I'm not a massive Batman fan. I'm not a massive DC fan. I like the villains. I like the setting. Gotham City, in particular, is just this marvelously gothic, you know, horrible, horrible place to live and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Arkham Asylum just works on dozens of levels. It looks right. 
it feels right, the combat system is intuitive and fucking fun to watch. Oh, God, you cock punch! <laughs> you know, you're, no doubt. You are Batman, you are a professional dick. You know, that, that is your job. You are on Arkham Asylum to wreck up people's shit. Uh, to, to bring shit back into the conversation. But um, I just, I, I completely enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. It's a Batman game, you know where the suspension of disbelief has to lie. Um, it's storytelling from Paul Dini, you know, one of the greats of... Um, Certainly one of my favourite writers in the DC Universe. Yep. Be- because of lesbians. Because of Harley. Because of a lesbian. She's bi. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, Harley Quinn is awesome, but... <laughs> Yeah, but no, it is it is a game that I would I would because like I said, I'm a fan of the genre, but not so much Batman. But I picked it up and, and really enjoyed it. I think anyone who just wants to play a how would you even it's it's a beat 'em up open it's it's Grand Theft Auto beat 'em up detective story with Mark Hamill as the Joker. Well, yeah, there are different elements of gaming to it. There's definitely a stealth game in there. Yep. yep. There's a puzzle game in there. The yep. detective, the uh, yep. element to it. There's a combat game in there. There's not a shoot 'em up Naturally. because this is Batman. Yep. But, but there, there is are... swing on uh, gargoyles, uh, grapple down, grab someone, tie him up. That would be the stealth gaming. That's that's, that's very Splinter Cell. Yes. Yeah, you know. So good. So they took a lot of elements from a lot of long-standing franchises and combine them together into a very, very cool game that gets over the fact that Batman is about sneaking around and punching people in the cock. <laughs> that is Batman's job. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would seriously hold up Arkham Asylum as probably my favourite game of 2009. I think we should each give our um, top three games of 2009. It's something that would just be like what we thought were the best games, what, what did the best, or... If we had to advise you, the listener, to go out in January and buy three games during the January sales from 2009, what would we advise you to get? Yeah, so, Troy, I mean, obviously, from the sounds of it, you would make Arkham Asylum... Arkham Asylum's at the top of my list. Yeah. This is, I mean, this the whole thing of what would we advise someone, it's, an, it's incredibly subjective, so, you know, take our recommendations with a, a dose of salt oh, if you haven't played them already, absolutely. but... Arkham Asylum, number one, top of my list. I think it's a game I would happily recommend to anybody because there is something in that game that everybody can enjoy. Download the demo, give it a go, and then if you enjoy the demo, for God's sake, buy the game. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that is the game gets so much better and so much more in depth. Oh yeah, Scarecrow. That's all I'm saying. Scarecrow. Oh, Scarecrow <laughs> Scare um, was one of my gaming highlights of the year. The Scarecrow levels yeah. on their own. So. I've kind of done that in reverse order, because you know, normally I would have gone, okay, let's start at number three and lead up to the big one. So two, two other games that you would advise. Two other games. Um, for all the stick that it's gotten, and for all the, all the nonsense that it is, Modern Warfare 2. I, I would honestly hold it up. If you're into your first-person shooters, and you love ultimate realism and all that sort of stuff, that's not what you're going to get. If you want a really fun multiplayer game, which has just almost infinite replayability for the weapons unlocks, the class perks you can get. It is a game with a lot to do. Even if the single thing you're doing, like you saying about push the space bar to jump, you are putting bullets in men. That is, that, is, <laughs> that is the game that you're playing, okay? But the ways in which you can do it, the unlock, the replayability, is fantastic. If you want a, a multiplayer experience, 
go get Modern Warfare 2. It's it's cool. And the third game, you know, it really comes to... It's one of three. It's going to be either Ghostbusters, Blood Bowl, or Dragon Age. Fuck it. I'm going to put me money down for Ghostbusters. Cool. So, Arkham Asylum, Modern Warfare 2, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yep. Simon, what about you? Uh, for me, well, my first one would be really controversial, and I'd say Team Fortress 2. Because it wasn't released in 2009. But do you know what? Since release, that game has been patched over a hundred times. And in some ways, very significantly well, patched. The game that you get at the end of 2009 is not the game you would have got at the end of 2008. And importantly, yeah. the statement was, in January 2010, what would you go and buy? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Simon. And do you know what? It's in the Steam sale. It is. So I would say, Team Fortress 2, if you didn't pick it up last year... The game that was out in 2009 <laughs> is a different game. You might like this one. Uh, however, <laughs> if I had to pick three games that were released in 2009, All right. that's a different matter. Okay. And I would find it really tough because it's, it is so subjective. Mm-hmm. But I think what's happened here is shooters have been quite nicely wrapped up. Yep. With the exception that even though I don't personally own it, I would say Left 4 Dead 2. Okay. Uh, largely because I will when it comes down <laughs> to a price where I can you know, justify it. And also because, like Modern Warfare 2, it's one I can see there's a huge market for this game. People are loving it. And I do get why. And it hasn't been mentioned as someone's top three. I would also say Empire Total War. Interesting. It's an yeah. intelligent strategy game that can be played at different levels. So different types of game will appreciate it differently. You know, you can focus more on the map, you can focus more on the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, Total War players will know what I'm talking oh, about there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a, a, a level of attention that you pay to micromanaging your units that you choose to do or not to do. And that beats out the other strategy games on the list because 40k is something of an acquired taste in some mm-hmm. regards and Halo Wars and Brutal Legend are on consoles and strategy games shouldn't be. Arkham Asylum, you've mentioned it, it would probably be my number one choice. Mm-hmm. But as you've already claimed it, I'm going to surprise myself and say, I'm not recommending games for me. I'm recommending games I think lots of people will like. I'm interested to see where this is going. Dragon Age. Yeah. Yeah. I've always maintained Bioware an incredibly good set of storytellers. Yep. They're games with genuine moral quandary set for your character they've always been really good at making me feel uncomfortable about what i'm about to do even, even when you're playing the good guy even when you're playing the good decision guy. yeah and high fantasy whilst not my thing does have a broad appeal i think a lot of people could buy dragon age origins and not regret it in any way i don't like high fantasy and i'm still playing through it and enjoying it fair enough so whilst it's not what i consider the most fun I've had of this year. Most surprising fun I've had of this year. And you know it's got a again, a, a broad, broad appeal. appeal. Yeah. So yeah. I would recommend Dragon Age Origins. Awesome, okay. It's your turn, Jack. Yeah, this is <laughs> gonna be the problem now because We took your games. Did I might just have to highlight because I was gonna say Arkham Asylum's in there. I mean well, for my, for number three. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna go in the opposite direction to you and say I kind of am advising you from my perspective. <laughs> but simply because... See, I was. I, I, I like to think I've got some good taste. I've got some awful taste. But I also like to think I can be right sometimes. You like the Saw movies. Yes. Number three, Blood Bowl. I think 
it's an incredibly fun game. Uh, yeah. If you're not up on the whole backstory to it all, it doesn't matter. It's a silly sports game. It's your classic high fantasy races playing American football. What and, more do you need to know? And, and yeah, beating the shit out of each other. Again, it's a really cool gateway to the to the, the a hobby that we all enjoy. And it's a fantastically fun game. You will see things that will literally make you laugh out loud, things that will make you rage and try and hurl your computer across the room. <laughs> and you will wish they'd recorded more commentary. Oh, oh. God, yeah, just turn the commentary off. Um, <laughs> not immediately. Not immediately, but eventually. After the first hour, yeah. yeah. Wait until you've heard it all, then turn it off. You won't be waiting long. No. He might not like that punch, but he sure ate it. it. Poetry and in motion. What we'd, we'd like, like to see, see more often, often. Jinx. My number two spot, This is I think this is going to be joint. Ones that you guys have already said. Yeah. Arkham Asylum. Right. And maybe to a slightly different extent, as in number two and a half, Dragon <laughs> Age. Because it, Dragon Age, better than uh, Blood Bowl. I would advise it more than Blood Bowl. Not as good as Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Seriously, guys, go out and buy Arkham Asylum. So what you said is, Blood Bowl is now your number four spot. <laughs> Third is Dragon Age. Four, so, shall we drop Blood Bowl off the bottom? Well, you're to be fair, pimp. I put Team Fortress 2 in as my number yeah. four, and you had a couple of honourable mentions. So, yeah. So, go on then. Arkham Asylum number two. <laughs> yeah. Because we have now all mentioned it, at least. Yeah. Uh, the same with Dragon Age as well. So I think people are getting a good idea when buy those good, games. It's a reliable bet. Oh, yeah. And there's plenty of gameplay in there. Mm. Plenty of gameplay, especially in Dragon Age. And for my top spot, it's, this is again, saying it for myself, but I want to see people go out there and try something new. Mm-hmm. It's the Garfield video tie-in, isn't it? it, it it's, it's actually Barbie Christmas. Event. No, no, it's um, <laughs> The Path by, uh, yeah. You can get it on Steam. I was going to I did mention that uh, it might be in the Steam sale. And then I realised it doesn't matter if it is or not, because when I bought it, when it was brand spanking new... It was seven quid. Seriously, guys, go out and buy it. It's, it's going to set you back seven pounds. So if you don't enjoy it, seven pounds, it's not like the greatest loss in the world. And looking at our top threes, I think we can say that our video game of the year is pretty much a close call between Arkham Asylum and Dragon Age. Yeah, which is surprising, really. I didn't think Dragon Age would be... I think Dra- the, the thing is, is that we, we uh, guys, we enjoy... Video games for very strange reasons. We've all got our own sort of personal True. perspectives on it, and I think although all three of us, there are things about Dragon Age that we might find boring or just don't agree with. Dragon Age has this incredible potential. It is an awesome story. It is an incredibly well realized world, and it is it is fun. Yeah, it is good, reliable, honest and fun. Some brilliant dialogue, some brilliant characters. Yeah, and, and as much as we might go, oh, well, it's not really my thing, do you know what? Fuck it. It's a good game anyway and we've all touched on it for those reasons. It's exactly why I recommended it. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not my perfect thing but the fact that I enjoy it despite all the reasons I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Makes it my game. So, number one? Admittedly, Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum? <laughs> Arkham Asylum. Path closely followed by Arkham Asylum. So, guys, yeah. seriously, Batman's. Yeah, go try. Go try. What, isn't Arkham Asylum potentially the one good Batman game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman Gotham Racers, uh, where you weren't actually racing other cars; you were doing a time trial in the Batmobile. And the good news is, we've <laughs> recommended here as our game of the year a game which has a demo available 
on any platform you might care to play it on. There we yep. go. So, Except the Wii. On any platform you might care to play it yeah, on. Yeah. So go and get the demo, and you can see if you agree with us. Yeah. So for now, uh, I think we're done, aren't we? Uh, we did so. promise, of course, a look ahead at 2010, but we've gone on so long. I think I'm I'm surprised how long this has has taken. Me too. Yeah. I the reason I put both in there is I thought we would get through it quicker than this. Yeah. So, so that's going to be a forthcoming episode. I so think. coming up over the next couple of episodes, we've got Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna force you to play the path. <laughs> we will look ahead at 2010. Yep. Yep. Cool. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, but for now, I think uh, it's time to say goodbye. Uh, it is, in fact, time to say goodbye. I have been Simon. I was Jack. And at some point, you may have seen me as Troy. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. You have been listening to World One Stage One, a video game podcast. Thanks as ever to the mini bosses for our theme tune. If you want to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at worldonestage1.com. That's world the number one stage number one dot com. You can email us through there, or you can follow us on Twitter. Just look up Twitter username at w1s1. And through there, you can find the host's personal Twitter accounts, if you dare. 